This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by, or Studio C, I should say, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, August 12th. This is how we do it. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who has absolutely zero regrets, Jerem Jordan. I always laugh when people say that. I'm like, did you even try hard if you have no regrets? <laughs> like, I have tons of regrets. I don't live in those regrets every day emotionally. They shape what you do in the future. They yeah. can help, right? Yeah, I want to try harder. I want to learn from that. Yeah. That's fine. When someone's like, I have no regrets, I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Come Fake. On. I'm not buying your book. Okay, so Antonio Brown <laughs> sent out a tweet that was super weird. He said his biggest regret was that he didn't get to see himself play among other things. Like, really weird, right? But on brand? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's the BYU football equivalent of that. Going to the Big 12 will be an incredible experience, but the biggest regret from Independence Era won't be losing to UMass or East Carolina or going 4-9 in 2017. <laughs> it won't be Algernon Brown running into the George Q. Cannon or Cosmos head flying off that one time. It'll be that Utah didn't want to smoke in 2014, 20, or 22. And then I didn't get to watch myself win more than once since 09. Indy, I'm out. <laughs> That's how it's we It's all about BYU and nobody else. <laughs> nobody else. Uh, nobody else. It's what if it's not about you, you know? You said it well. On brand for Antonio Brown. <laughs> Definitely on brand. <laughs> Here's your show lineup featuring no more Antonio Brown, I promise. Uh, do rankings in the preseason really matter? And would you prefer BYU to be ranked as they go into a season, or an underdog with a chip on the shoulder and unranked. We'll discuss well, all of that. there's some surprising numbers along those lines we'll talk yes, about. Yeah, yes, yes. It, it was surprising. Former BYU quarterback, great. The second-round draft pick in the NFL, John Beck. He's the quarterback whisperer for Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. He's going to join us to talk about both of those guys and their perceived upgrades in the offseason. What are his expectations for both of those guys? And BYU's getting some stadium upgrades. hey to take care of our corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. Details on that with Casey Stopper, who's in charge of that. But first, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Football fall camp had its sixth practice yesterday, featuring full pads for the first time. By the way, tomorrow the Cougars will hold a scrimmage close to the public and the media. Mm-hmm. Don't go. <laughs> it's not to watch, even for us, okay? Um, to figure out, obviously, depth and uh, development. So good luck to the boys in the scrimmage. Blake Freeland, star offensive lineman for BYU, named a preseason first-team All-American by Pro Football Network's Cam Meller. Yeah, Cam's our guy. He also has Clark Barrington, named as an offensive lineman All-American honorable mention. So much honor in that mention. BYU announced upgraded amenities at Lavelle Edwards Stadium that include the Blue Zone being rebranded as Club 22, Champions Terrace in the Northeast Stands, merging uh, those two sections. And Gridiron Grill getting upgrades as well that will be available this fall and some in 2023. Much more coming up later in the program with Casey Stopper. Speaking of 22, 22 former Cougars will play in the NFL preseason this weekend. That including, many. That's, that's wild, right? right? Including Tyler Algier and the Atlanta Falcons against Jamal Williams and his Detroit Lions tonight. Zach Wilson and the New York Jets face the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Samson Nakua, Tyson Williams, and Chris Wilcox all with the Colts. We'll take on Neil Pau and the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. We're there, baby. NFL preseason upon us. And Harvey Long had seven tackles left. Yeah, how about Patriots, that? Who got walked off by the Jets, but who cares? Preseason. preseason. Does, no. Doesn't matter. Don't Did matter. Harvey play well? That's all that matters. 
Number three, women's soccer plays at number 10 North Carolina in an exhibition game tomorrow, 6 Eastern time on the BYU radio app. Cougar, there's no way to uh, watch it. You got to listen. Listen to Greg Rubel. Let's go. Cougars have played the Tar Heels once ever. Elite Eight 2012 in Provo, a 2-1 UNC victory. Michael Rucker, former BYU Batcat and pitching star, pitched for the Chicago Cubs in the Field of Dreams game last night. How cool is that? Gave up two runs in a Cubs 4-2 win against the Reds. That's not great, but still, getting to pitch on that field as a professional Incredible. player, that is unforgettable, right? An unforgettable experience. I'd love to go to that game at some point. That'd be fun. He had a catch on that field. Yeah, he, as yes, he to did. played catch. Did he have That's a catch a with his player. father, though? No, he didn't. You could argue the catcher is a father-like figure. <laughs> <laughs> All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Rankings, rankings, rankings. Yes, they are on the mind as we approach Monday when the AP poll will be released at noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain. I know of something that begins at that Which thing. happens to yeah. be the exact start time of BYU Sports Nation. Now, Jerem, here's, here's an early stat of the day to set up my question for you. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since 1972, BYU has been ranked in the preseason AP poll just 11 times. Yep. Only 11 times since 1972. But they've been in the final AP poll 19 times. They are overachieving in that regard. Plus eight difference is the most in FBS in that time span. That's incredible. Very impressive. Overachieving, essentially. BYU seems to do well yeah. when they are not ranked, and then they work hard and finish ranked. Including 84. So what would being ranked in Monday's preseason top 25 really mean with that backdrop? There's several things. Uh, without a conference and sort of a preseason uh, expectation among the coaches or media, we don't have sort of the expectation formalized other than a ranking. So it'd be yeah. validation that this team is good. We know this team's good. It's just how good, right? It'd be a springboard. Um, you don't have to be ranked to have a special season. Yes. Uh, in fact, we'll get to that in a minute. Yes. But, it, but it's nice. I, I think it's nice uh, for early matchups in the season that are more marketable. Like when BYU plays Baylor, we hope that to be a top 20 matchup. Yes, when please. BYU plays Oregon, a top 17, top 15 matchup would be nice. Creates expectation. Not that BYU fans need anything else uh, to create expectation, typically. Goodness. And it'd be just the 12th time, as you mentioned, and another number. It'd be just the third time BYU's preseason ranked since 98. That's weird, right? Just the third time since 98 preseason? 25 years. Crazy. And only three times. It means that team is expected to be really good. Does it mean the team will be good and will be special? No. It, it, that's not what that means. You have, of course, you have to play the games. But we'll break down some more numbers coming up of, of what the history says about if you're preseason ranked. We expect BYU to be ranked on Monday in the AP poll. They were not in the coaches poll, a.k.a. the sports information directors poll. That poll is garbage. We, had, we think the writers at least try. And sometimes that's all you can ask. The true poll is college football playoff poll, mm -hmm. of course. Um, whether you agree with that or not, I wish football had basketball uh, mindset in terms of the basketball committee where they say, we have a lot of metrics. Ultimately, we decide what that looks like, but the numbers help us have data points to inform our opinions. And that's uh, a poll is just an opinion poll 
I wish it got to that point down the stretch more. Like F plus is great. Uh, SP plus is great. Sagarin, like the combination of those things in the future would be nice. AP poll is the poll we go with here on this show until the college football playoff. Yes, that little number next to your name if you're a college football team matters a lot early in the season. Yeah. It automatically means more eyeballs. What does it mean? It means more eyeballs and more anticipation and uh, more excitement for not just the immediate team's fan base, but now the nation's watching a little more because like, oh, ranked matchup ranked right team. here or a ranked team. Like, I'm going to pay attention. You there. stop a little longer on the channel yeah. when it's ranked. Absolutely. You just sit there you a little look longer. a little longer. South Carolina, oh, they're 23rd? Like, I don't care about So South it Carolina. matters. Whether you like the rankings or not, it matters <laughs> subconsciously. Mm-hmm. As you said, when you're watching a game, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to pay attention to this game because we're, there's a ranked team or there are two ranked teams involved. We're conditioned to think that matters more. And I think it does. It, it naturally, like, hey, you're ranked, you, uh, you're a better team. There is a stamp of approval on the past two years if BYU is ranked in the preseason. Yeah. Like, I like that. Yes, the validation of not only uh, – of last year. Because BYU was team. not ranked coming out the 2020 season. Granted, they lost five draft picks and Zach Wilson was gone. I was like, okay, they, they, lost, they lost too much. This time around, it makes sense because it's like, well, they bring back the same quarterback that they finished the season ranked number 19 with and went 10-3. and three. Yeah. Right? If they're unranked, is it like Tyler Algier only? Like, they lost Tyler Algier, therefore no? Well, here's the thing. Like, why wouldn't BYU be ranked? We were, we, ta- we were talking this morning, uh, and I sent you a message that Brett McMurphy released his AP Top 25. Like, we've had Brett on the show several times. We like Brett a lot. We think he's super, super awesome. He does not have BYU in his preseason Top 25. That's and- a miss from Brett. Like, BYU should be in that in our in, – in, Extremely biased opinion. How many BYUs are on here? One, two. Yeah, he does not have BYU in his preseason top 25. Weird. And the twist of irony here is John Wilner does. John Wilner has BYU at number 20. What? So go figure. Like against the likes of Utah Tech and Liberty. We expect BYU to be in the top 25 (laughs) somewhere. I think somewhere around 21 to 24. I'm hoping higher, but I'm expecting that when that poll comes out. But yeah, it's. It's exciting. Uh, it brings expectations. It's a double-edged sword, which leads us into topic two. Does a preseason ranking set the expectation for that year? Indeed it does. And, uh, again, the double-edged sword. It's so great to have that validation. What's a single-edged sword, by the way? I don't know. Aren't they all I lo- double-edged? I, lo- I love the proverbial. How does that work? Does anyone like, know swords? Well, it cuts both ways. It. Uh, <laughs> I have a single-edged butter knife. <laughs> yes. what, how does that work? Yes. What? So with the ranking yeah. come the expectations and the chance that you fall from those high expectations. If you enter the season as a top 25 team and there are 131 or 130 FBS teams, like that's a lofty nod to you. That's nice. Like, you, now you got to go prove it, right? Yeah. So if you don't, then it's just easier to be disappointed. Then you're UCLA every year. There's a, and that would be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> right? The most overrated but college you, football team in the past three decades. But you'd be in the Big Ten with all that money with Rutgers. It hasn't made a difference for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's expectations, but that's part of the territory, man. Yeah. Like, you can fall. Yeah. You can rise. I do love the idea of BYU having the opportunity to win meaningful games early as a ranked team. Mm-hmm. Because if BYU starts 3-0... and I know, I know. Like that, it doesn't feel likely because you got to beat Baylor and Oregon. But if BYU starts, three, hey. you know, if they're ranked, let's say twenty second to begin, and then you beat USF, 
You beat Baylor, the defending Big 12 champions, who yep. might be a top 10 team. You, and then you yep. win at Oregon. Yep. You're a top 10 team. You could very Just well, like that. You could very well be in there. Very well. Because so the, those are two quality opportunities. The opportunity yep. to rise and really make some noise nationally is there if you're a ranked team and you have early season big wins against other ranked teams. There's a lot of yeast in the beginning of the schedule, if you will. Right? A lot of leaven. Uh, it for our audience. Uh, it's Old Testament year in Sunday school, so we all know what that is. Okay, a couple, couple things here. Obviously, if you're preseason ranked, you expect that team to be pretty good. Like, really good. Think about it. If this team's preseason ranked three times since 98, like, I think this is the best preseason team in BYU's independence era. That's what I think. Oh, for sure. I, I think this is the best team that BYU walks into a season with. Okay, so like we mentioned, um, let's break down some numbers. So 11 times preseason ranked mm-hmm. ever for mm-hmm. BYU. AP top 25 is what we're talking about specifically. Yeah. Four times out of those 11, they didn't finish in the top 25. So most of the time, you do. Like, most of the time, that team answers the call. Winning 10 equals finishing ranked. Okay. Except for one season in BYU history, by the way, if BYU wins 10. Okay. It was 91. The 8, 3, and 2 team that played a crazy tough schedule, tied up for senior year. And they started out with, like, the most brutal September of all time. It was crazy. BYU's won 10-plus as we've t- – because mm. I'm now talking about kind of like, okay, preseason ranked, finished ranked, like last year. BYU's finished ranked in the AP Top 25 18 times. Only one season – two seasons, sorry, has BYU not won 10 and finished ranked. Mm. 91 and 77, okay. 9 and 2. And there was only one year where BYU won 10 but didn't finish. There. Can you name that year? BYU won 10 plus, mm-hmm. didn't finish AP Top 25. It was 2011. That's right. That's right. So uh, this year, our our hope is that, and prayer, is that BYU is is a team that finishes ranked. But being ranked in the preseason spans does not mean you're going to have an all-time season. Certainly not. In fact, starting unranked has led to some of the best BYU seasons ever, mm. which brings us to a second stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Ready for this? In each of BYU's four best AP Top 25 finishes, okay. the Cougars began unranked. What? 83, 84, 96, and 2020. So in all four of those seasons, all four were they started f- unranked. Where they finished in their four best positions, yes. they, were, they were unranked at the beginning of each to of begin. those seasons. Wow. To begin! So again, so I ask you. being ranked so ask the you, thing you need? I ask you, do you really want BYU to be ranked <laughs> in the preseason? Yes is the answer, which we'll talk about Is later. it more of a booster or a hindrance? I mean, the all-time, the four all, best seasons by AP finished weren't ranked to start. What the heck Isn't were the riders doing between 1983 and 1984? BYU finished number seven in the AP poll. And, yeah, they lost their quarterback, but they brought back a ton of. They go, you're the 10th like, best team uh, in the preseason poll. Yeah, whatever. They were number. They they weren't ranked going into 1984 after finishing number seven the previous year. Uh, oh yeah, what I mean is 80. Sorry, 85 after BYU wins the Natty, they go. Yeah, ah, you're sure. Number ten for sure. season. Yeah, Why but was from BYU top five? 83, they finished number seven, and then they go into the next season unranked. unranked. Auburn. And they won the Natty. Auburn with Cam Newton was the first team to go from unranked to like national champ. National champ since BYU. Yeah, what a whiff. What, what now, nowadays, it doesn't happen. Like, that will not happen in this era. That a, a, 
a Power 5 team won't emerge from the darkness like that. Does BYU need to be unranked to make it a special season? <laughs> Are we hoping we they're not in the BYU's top 25? Not on Monday. We're like, please! <laughs> One out. Don't. They're 20, they're 26. They're ranked. We're like, no! <laughs> this is an interesting twist on this. Plot twist. Uh, How about me- that? We've mentioned the number 22 a couple of times today. It's, it's Club 2022. 2022. 2022. Club 22. Former BYU players will play in the NFL preseason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it also has something to do with how many days until BYU kicks off their 2022 season. Countdown to the Bulls. 22 days, 22 days away. I had a lot of 22s. We call that an Ainsworth, or in Portland, a Clyde Drexler's worth. <laughs> they, he was on the Wheaties box. I went to Cub Foods. I tried to get the box, the Max 2. Mm. So there you go. Every time I hear the name Clyde Drexler, I just think about Hot Rod Hunley, the longtime voice of the Utah, just saying, Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Rose on that team. Played with him at Houston. Crazy. All right, our question of the day. How would a preseason ranking for BYU football affect your season expectations? Hopefully they're unranked. That's what we we've just given you. We've given you a lot no to ranking. think about here. Please. Let's Please. go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Beoeste on Twitter says, well, it reinforces the idea that the coach's poll is full of it. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. And the BYU is relevant. That will end up the money and publicity for game coverage to start the season. It will feed blue-goggled hype. The players will publicly ignore the ranking, but will secretly be excited. Players, yes. Yeah. They absolutely sure. are paying attention. Yeah. Every yeah. former player we talked to is like, oh, yeah, we were watching of the rankings every week. They lie. Coming up, which that's not a code violation. Which game are we watching the most this weekend in NFL preseason? And quarterback guru John Beck joins us. Finds what are his, his expectations for ranked BYU and quarterback Jaron Hall, as well as Zach Wilson? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. How about a top 10 exhibition game? That's what women's soccer has tomorrow night, 6 Eastern time on BYU Radio's app. Number three beat Brigham Young. Number 10, North Carolina. In Chapel Hill, listen to Gregor Bell and Rachel Manning on the call. Jeremy, it's the college version of a friendly. (laughs) <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but it's never friendly when they get together. We are live at Studio C with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Happy Friday, everyone. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now is former BYU quarterback, great second-round draft pick in the NFL. We're calling him the BYU quarterback whisperer for what he's done with Zach Wilson and Jaron Hall. He is John Beck. Bye John, guy. welcome to the show on a Friday. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're great, man. We're awesome. uh, we're trying to figure out if we think it's better for BYU football to be ranked going into the season or to be just outside the poll because we just cited that the four best finishes in the AP Top 25 for BYU in the history of the program all began with the Cougars being unranked. Like, they've had these mighty rises. But it's just, it's just nice to be validated and start a season ranked. So where do you stand on that? Like, is it more beneficial – or more of a motivator to not be ranked? What, what do you think? 
Maybe it does have something to do with a little bit of the chip on the shoulder effect where you start outside of that 25 and you're saying, we're way better than this. Let's go prove something. But it would be nice to start the season a little bit higher. Like you guys were talking with me during the break, like some of those teams, how much they could have gained from starting inside the top 25 and then putting those seasons together. Um, because you can only climb so high when you start outside the top 25. I think it'd be cool to break the trend though. How about we have a, a top finish for a team and let them start inside the top 25 mm. and let's see how high they can go. And that'd be great because the seasons we're talking about are zero or one loss years. Like these are truly the most special seasons in BYU history, right? But take me back to 05 because um, you guys are a top 10 offense. You played some close games. You rebounded and went to a bowl game. You walk into 06 with high internal expectations. But people didn't think, hey, this BYU team is going to be one of the top 10 teams of all time and da, da, da. So, obviously, the one and two start, you had to climb out of it and win 10 in a row to finish 16th in the country. What do you, how do you feel about that 06 game relative to sort of expectations versus reality? Well, we, inside of that 06 team, we knew how good we could be. Uh, you know, you finish the season losing in a, a, a game, to a good Cal team in a bowl game an overtime game to Utah, and you kind of know. And then TCU that year was a, an overtime loss. So you're looking at it like, you know, we were two overtime losses away from being the conference champions and then close to having a bowl win. And it's like, okay, we're right there at the tipping point. And really it didn't matter where we started. Like we weren't looking at it like, oh, we should be inside the top 25. It was more like we know we're a really good team. The unfortunate thing was then you go start the season off one and two. Nobody at all would have thought that's how it was going to go. But that internal belief within the team of, all right, let's just get things going. Let's get back on track and we can run the table. Uh, I, th I think there were a lot of people going into that season that believed we could have an undefeated season. Um, I know that's how I felt. I know that's how a lot of my teammates felt. Um, it didn't, it was an undefeated season, but it was pretty close. And I think that that's one of the biggest things as well is what's the nucleus of the team? Like, what do they feel about what that season can look like? And you look at the leaders, you look at the seniors. You look at the coaching staff that's been around a lot of NFL football. I mean, sorry, not NFL. Jeez, I've done so many. <laughs> I've done so many interviews. I'm like spitting out NFL and college. Like, holy crap. Uh, but, you know, I look at some of those coaches that are on staffs that have seen a lot of the really good teams, and they say, this team's got it. Um, and so whether you start inside, outside the 25, like at the end of the day, it's how does that team feel because that's what's going to make the season whether it starts out rough, whether there's a rough patch in the middle that you got to overcome, what does that team believe about themselves? Hey, you're not kidding. That 2006 season was a double overtime loss at Boston College and a last-second 49-yard field goal against Arizona away uh. from being undefeated. It's wild. But you, to your credit and the team's credit in 2006, you go on the road, you win your conference opener against 16th-ranked TCU, and then you rattle off 10 straight wins to finish number 16. When you finally did crack into the rankings, John, how much did that matter to you as a player? It didn't. I mean, I wasn't one of those guys that was, like, looking at the rankings and seeing, like, all right, hey, where are we now? Because I never really had that luxury in the seasons before that. We were struggling a lot of the time. So, you know, the ranking thing wasn't as important to me as just going out and performing each and every week. Um and, you know, at the end of the season, it is nice to know, hey, we rattled off all these wins. We were viewed as a top team. In your mind, you actually feel like, well, we should be higher than that. Like these teams that we lost to in the beginning of the season, there's no way we should have lost to them. 
But I don't know, as you're going during a season, it, it like for me, it never really mattered. I don't know what it would have been like to, I know there was a year there where like Max and Dennis and Austin and those guys at one time were like dang near the top five, I want to say. Or one time they were ranked like a six or something. I know they played a TCU game where I think both were close to being inside the top 10. I mean, maybe then it matters. But I just know when like when our team was going, we've been through so much my senior class. I don't know if many guys were focused on where they were ranked. We just wanted to win each game we played in. Yeah, 08 is it ranked as high as 8th in the AP poll, and then 09 as high as 7th, which is just incredible to crack the top 10 like that. Okay, let's talk about Jaron Hall. He walks in healthy and the guy for the first time, right? Those two combination things. He's worked with you during the offseason. He flew, he didn't drive. What was it like (laughs) for Jaron working with him? What did you work on, and what do you foresee this season? So before I answer, I just want to apologize to any BYU fans that this season I'm crossing my fingers that there's no stuff on ESPN where they talk about trips out to California. (laughs) I know BYU fans are so sick and tired of hearing that, and I'm just like, look, I'm crossing my fingers. Um, Please. But (laughs) I'm super excited for Darren. Look, it's been a great opportunity for me to get to know him. Um, he's worked extremely hard, especially this last year. We've been able to spend the most time over kind of his time at BYU. The most time has been this year. I've been able to make some trips up to Provo. Oh, crap. That may get out now. Now we're going to talk about my trips up to Provo. <laughs> John Beck went to Provo. He drove 12 <laughs> hours to Provo. <laughs> I flew. I flew everyone. He took a hand um, cart to Provo. Okay. Okay. You came up to Provo but, to work with him. Oh my gosh, is that going to be a thing like how they make the young men and women in the ward go push handcarts? It's like <laughs> people are going to make the trek. Make the journey. That's acted. What have we done? <laughs> oh my gosh, there's going to be like a Ragnar race from Huntington Beach to Provo. <laughs> the, the, qu- the BYU quarterback Ragnar. Okay. All right, all right. Bring it oh on back. Really? We're, we're, bring, we're bringing right. it back. We're bringing it back. Okay, so you you flew, you flew up here. You worked with Jaron. What did you work on when you were with him in Utah? Well, for really, it's like it's kind of fine-tuning a lot of the things uh, that we introduced a few years back, right? So the stuff that we teach, the way that we kind of integrate things into a person's system, into their offense, it takes time, right? It's not just like a flip of a switch. Like I know everybody sees – the Zach Wilson that went off and had that amazing junior year and was the number two pick. That was years in the making. So the cool thing for me is um, just like how I've been with some of my NFL guys, you see these great strides year two, year three. This is Jaron's opportunity for those things. Um, He had a great year last year. He was super efficient. But there's some things that we absolutely identified on tape and said, all right, these are areas that we can build. And he's worked really hard at those areas. And I've seen the fruits of his labor when I get out to practice on the field with them. The other thing that's been cool, he's done a great job of bringing teammates out here and then having teammates there when I'm in Provo. So it's been awesome to work with the guys on the offense within that system. And to me, I expect to see a cleaner version of Jaron, which to most people's eyes, they're not even going to notice it because it's little details like his drop, his positioning, his eyes, what he does with his shoulders. There's some things that he's going to be doing as a veteran player where he's going to be able to manipulate some people based off of some things that because of the experience of last year, he can now build upon it. Nobody can just jump. It's like the same anything in life, line upon line, precept upon precept, right? We want to grow. 
It takes time. It's the same in quarterbacking. So it's cool to have last year's experiences and then build on them. Now, John, I was talking with uh, Max Hall and some other former BYU quarterbacks about some areas of improvement that they've seen with Jaron Hall. And specifically, his vision in the middle of the field has come up. Do you feel like Jaron is overall seeing the field better, especially in the middle when it can get kind of uh, crowded and, and muddied up in there? Yeah, we've talked about that. I think there's a comfort level. I think it goes a variety of ways. I think some of it, it you know, traces back to how much of a person's offense have they played in, the systems that they've been in have truly attacked the inside between the hashes part of the field. Like, it's easy to watch on TV and be like, well, that guy should do this more. Okay, well, what has he done offensively before that? What type of instruction, what type of opportunities has he had in practice to go out and fail while trying to find ways to work those windows in the middle of the field? Some of the best things that happen in the college offseason is that you get time where coaches aren't on the field with you. So it's like this fail-safe environment where you can go out and say, my plan is to work my vision in this area of the field and to get better at it. And it doesn't matter if it works or not because you're out there trying to get better. So, you know, I think for Jaron, it's, it, it's a place where, one, because of his stature, it's always going to be, and I hate to word, use the word a challenge, but there's just going to be aspects of it that aren't going to be as clean as like a 6566 guy. And that doesn't change. Um, but there's things that you can learn. There's windows that you can start to pick up, and there's ways to make it a part of your game, but it has to be something practiced. Nobody can just, because the middle has some windows, oh, well, now you can just find them because they're there. Remember, nobody has a bird's eye view when they're field level. Everything's down low, and when you're looking behind your offensive line, it literally takes a specific style of eyes, of movement, of those things for you to get good at working inside that area. So I, I would imagine it's an area that they want to attack because of the guys that they have. And with Jaron's time spent saying, okay, here's how I can do a better job, I should see, or we should see, you know, more balls taken in there. And I think there's some things also with him and the ability he has to actually cut it loose in those small windows is something that we've worked on of saying that that window may be as small and the vision you have may flash just in a quick period of time. How quickly can the ball get out and how accurately can we throw it? We're talking to John Beck, who's establishing the Zach Wilson handcart uh, path down to Southern California <laughs> next summer. You can get your tickets now on John Beck, Zach Wilson.com. Uh, John, let's talk about Zach Wilson. Second year, obviously the Jets employed you to work closely with him last year. What uh, do you see for his future this year as he tries to make the jump? I'm, I'm super excited for this guy. Um, I'm about as excited as I've ever been for a quarterback um, to just see that jump that he's going to be able to make. And, and here's why. Like, they did a great job of acquiring some guys around him and some guys that are good guys. I've been fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time around uh, that team and those teammates of his. And, uh, you know, there's, there, there's certain guys that when they're in the NFL, uh, they just have a way about them where you say, that guy, I like that guy. I like the way he works. And I like, I know he's going to bring something to this football team. And you can't say that about everybody. Um, but Zach has a lot of those guys around him. I think the biggest thing that he has going is that he, he gets to be a part of the same, same system, same staff, same philosophy, same teaching, same quarterback room. There's not a lot of change around him. I've said this for years because of some of the experiences I've went through. If you want co consistent quarterback play, and if you want consistent quarterback improvement, then create an environment of consistency around him. 
And the New York Jets have done that. And so I'm really excited to see what the season can look like. I've watched Zach become far more comfortable with the system because of all the experience that he's had, the style of communication that he's been able to use this offseason with his teammates has been awesome. And I just see, you know, an opportunity for a lot of growth. But the hard thing about the NFL is you have to take schedules, injuries, you have to take so many things into consideration. It's not just because you improved as a player. I've been around a lot of guys that have made improvements. That does not always mean you improve in the win-loss column. That doesn't always guarantee that because you had a great offseason, you get to have a healthy season or your teammates around you remain healthy. All of these other things, it's just you cross your fingers and you hope that the stars can kind of align and things, things work out. But if they do, and if the guys can stay healthy, I really think it's going to be an awesome, an awesome year for the Jets to see a lot of improvement out of their quarterback. John Beck, elite quarterback and football analyst. Great to have you with us on the show, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, man, that was good. We had some laughs there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> it was a memorable one for sure. <laughs> All right, John Beck with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, he quoted uh, the Book of Mormon line upon line, precept upon precept. We got the hand cards. We got know your audience. You know what I'm saying? It was well played. It was, it was a game plan. Yeah. It was well executed. And, and we should have asked him, but I wonder if the Jets are going to have him there with Zach again. Because he was like, in the box on the sideline quite a bit last year. Yeah, so I know that he's not employed by them right now. That I guess they essentially cut him loose, but will they bring him back? Will yeah. they bring him back? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Okay, coming up, Casey Stauffer joins us to talk about the Lavelle Edwards Stadium amenity upgrade. And which former BYU football player, maybe it's Zach Wilson, will you have your eye on the most this weekend during the NFL preseason blitz? This is BYU Sports Nation. NFL blitz? What? You want this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Yo, outside the show, you can follow the show on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Follow BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Welcome back to the show on a Friday. Time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. There are 22 former Cougars uh, playing in the NFL preseason games this weekend, Spence. Which game do you have your eye on the most? Uh, there are two. One is... I didn't ask about two. Okay, fine. <laughs> the Zach Wilson game against the Eagles. Like, straight up. Zach Wilson I'm, I'm versus with, the Eagles. I'm with John Beck. Like, we've heard Let's all offseason long, and we've seen in the preseason, like, Zach making these crazy throws. Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, that offensive line. The Jets are, like, maybe good. Let's find out. Let's find yeah. out a little bit. And I don't need him to be good in preseason to be excited, but if he is good, that's nice. Sure. Right? There's one game for me. Um, it's Falcons Lions. Yeah, that's the other one. Tyler Algier versus Jamal Williams, which is very exciting to have those two, two of the greatest, two of the top five running backs Spears ever had. Maybe two of the top three ever. And yeah, we're talking about the career rushing record holder against the single season rushing record holder. How cool Pretty is awesome. that? Hey, that we need Jersey Swap. Yeah, that's game number two. Jersey Swap better happen tonight. Falcons, Lions, and then uh, Jets, Eagles for me. That's awesome. Oh, I want to watch the Mormon Missile, Britton Covey, too, which the Eagles fans have dubbed him. The Mormon Missile. Mm -hmm. Hey, Britton Covey fans here, and that's okay. <laughs> College Football Playoff Committee has announced their first CFP rankings of the season will be released on November 1st. Jaron, will BYU be in those initial college football playoff rankings on November 1st? If so, where will they be ranked? Uh, yes, they will. They were last year. BYU was 17th at 7-2, and, and they play nine games again in that span. 
I believe BYU will be a little higher this time. I believe BYU will be 14th at 7 Okay, two. but still same record, 7-2. and two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think BYU will be in that poll. Uh, I ex Man, if they're 7-2. and two, I'm going on the high side here. Because it might be 6-3. Six 6-3 and three. Six and is tough. Maybe they're like number 25, right? Uh, because they played some some tough teams, but I think they'll be ranked somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope it's be way ranked. higher. I hope it's way higher. Yeah, because if it's higher, you got a chance to be in the mix at the end. That's the hope. SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said it's time to take a fresh look at perhaps expanding March Madness. Do you want a bigger field than 68? Uh, I mean, if you stick it from 64 to 68, why not take it to like 80 teams? I don't know. And then just give like some teams, like the top teams, a buy, if you will. At what point is it diluted is the question. I like 68. It's 19%. There are 351 right college basketball teams. 19% is good to me. Okay. So what's 20%? Is that four more? Take it to 72. I don't know. Do a quarter? 25% get in? Yeah. I don't know. That would be 80, right? It just needs to make sense from a bracketing standpoint. Who gets a buy and why? Yeah. Yeah. In interesting idea. Okay, uh, number three, BYU women's soccer plays at number 10, North Carolina in an exhibition match or college friendly tomorrow. How much stock are you putting into the result of that game as it pertains to BYU season expectations? I am because it's North Carolina. I am, like if BYU ties or wins, that's significant. If BYU loses by one goal, hey, they competed, that's okay. BYU's been well tested, 9-0-1 in spring against some good teams, including Utah, Colorado, Arizona. Sure, just don't get blown out. By blown out, I mean don't, just don't lose by two or more goals. Yeah, two or more goals blow out. Like, do you lose by two goals on the road in this, and it's like... Go win! Uh, okay, maybe that number three ranking is a little too ambitious. This team hasn't been beaten in the regular season in a long time. They go not win? Not in spring, not in the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. Let's go. Come out with at least a tie, and you're in good, you're in good shape. Okay, uh, CBK Report put out a list of top 25 most hated college basketball teams, players, and coaches in 2022. Gonzaga got three mentions. Fifth is his team, Mark View at 16, Drew Timmy at 24. Do they deserve three mentions on a most hated list? I don't think so. Why is why is Drew Timmy one of the most hated college basketball players? Because that mustache. Really? Is that what we've come, we've come to? Like I didn't think I didn't think Drew Timmy was like a hateable character. Is Gonzaga hated? I, think I didn't think Gonzaga I think was hated. People are frustrated because Gonzaga is so good. But like, are yeah, they are done they with a, Gonzaga? Are they a hated They're program? not a Cinderella anymore. Like, she's put on that slipper quite like, a bit, right? Kentucky and Duke, I get it. Gonzaga is right behind those teams as like a hated yeah. commodity. Really? I, I feel like St. Mary should have been on it like eight times. <laughs> but, but that's just me. Yeah, God, no, I, don't, I think Gonzaga is receiving <laughs> some undue hate yeah, here. Yeah, come on, man. Coming up, today's Rise and Shoutouts. You gotta kiss the ring in the WCC. And BYU Assistant <laughs> Athletic Director Casey Stoffer will join us live. Yeah. To discuss new upgrades to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. They're rolling out the blue carpet as BYU Sports Nation. Is that you in that picture? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us next Wednesday, 6 to 8.30 local time here in Provo at the Cougar Kickoff. The outdoor practice fields, meet and greet BYU athletes. We'll have a booth there as well. Should be a fun time for uh, everybody on that night. Always a fun time at the Cougar Kickoff. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Studio C. It is now our pleasure to welcome in BYU Assistant Athletic Director Casey Stoffer. He does incredible work for uh, BYU, uh, not just at the university level, but certainly for us here in the media as well. Um, Casey, super busy time for you. We just announced upgraded amenities to Lavelle Edwards Stadium yeah. for the corporate yeah. sponsors. We've seen some renderings of that. Um, 
What can you tell fans about what they're going to see when they come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and they see these upgrades? Right. Uh, so we have spent a long time. It's been two, three years in the making. So this is a pretty big 12 idea. It was. Nice. It was. So we actually were planning on this for the 2020 season, and then COVID hit, and we had to, like, dial back just, you know, for financial concerns. Mm -hmm. And so now, moving forward, got the approval to go again, and uh, now we're going to have it ready for the 2022 season. So what fans will see is – just a, a, the, the experience for our champions terrace is for our top 12 corporate partners that become the champions club. So the champions terrace, originally we wanted to have 84 members in there, uh, but like it. It, it ended up being 88. So that's the way the numbers <laughs> worked out. So, um, so champions terrace for our, our top 12 corporate partners that invest in a very significant way uh, in, into the athletic department. The uh, other side of it with on the west side uh, is our uh, Club 22. Uh, Club 22, as uh, uh, we kind of put out in the press release, was a, a lot of what we've done is about telling a historical story yes. about BYU football. So obviously Champions Terrace is, is for the 1984 National Championship. Uh, Club 22 is a reflection of the 1922 football team that was our first official uh, intercollegiate football team at BYU. Uh, so we have a plaque that's on the wall that kind of talks about their season and the beginnings of BYU football. Wow. Uh, this is 100 years of BYU football. Yeah. Um, the century mark. Now, it, it's not 100 years of playing. There was a couple of years that we yes. took off for the war. Yep. Um, and so we'll be celebrating 100 seasons of BYU football in, in a couple of years from now. But this is the century mark of when it started. And so uh, credit to, to Duff Tittle. He's helped us do a lot of research mm -hmm. uh, on this. And he actually found uh, the game ball from our first victory in 1922. Oh, wow. Wow. That was the only win that year, by the way. It One was against five. Wyoming. One in five. Seven oh, zero. So Beautiful. Hey, that's going to happen again this year. Yeah, so, so we're going to yeah. include that as part of what's in this club. It'll be in a case. Oh, It'll be in a case. We have the photo of the original really cool. team. We wow. think that's the only photo that exists of that team. And, and by the way, where that field was is where the Joseph Smith building is up on campus yes. right now. Yeah. It was up there. They had like a, a, a little grandstand and a track. And it they was did. Like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've read Dust Book. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, there on the is. right side, yeah, that's, that's uh, kind of the looking, looking. We're looking, uh, obviously, east at the mountains there. But how about that? That's cool. Um, some of this is in 22, some is in 23. Correct. And you're, and you're saying this wasn't Big 12 motivated. This was, we no. were doing this regardless. This is, so if you look at the nature of what companies are doing. So if, if you start at the, cor at the uh, uh, professional level and see what corporate organizations are doing, a significant part of what they do in buying assets like suites, loges, uh, hospitality access, that's how they garner a lot of like return on their investment. It's about their experience while they're there. Yeah. And so for us, we've been looking in, in talking to our partners. What do they see? What, what are their pain points when they come to the stadiums? How do they make the experience or how can we make the experience better for them? So taking that feedback and looking at what has been going on in the professional side, at, as the pros go, that's you know, there's a lag, but that's also how college sports goes. So we see what gets done and gets implemented, and then we try and do it our own way. 
And so for us, putting in these hospitality areas and these opportunities for our corporate partners to say, okay, this is something that we're gonna invest heavily in, um, has been very, very uh, well received. So for example, um, with uh, the Terrace, we have a, a presenting and title sponsor of that in Smarty that has invested in uh, a significant way to help make that happen with Club 22 PAX. Uh, they're a skilled nursing uh, facility conglomerate that uh, they've come in and invested in a large way for us yeah. to be able to do that. Um, I did, there, there was one thing and I, I sent in a picture of the candy wall. Someone sent me a, a quote that was like, what's a candy What's wall? a candy wall? Like, well, I, I don't want anybody to overthink it, but it's a, it's a wall with candy on it, <laughs> and, and, and so uh, we do have a rendering. Shocking. I don't know if that's in. It. So if you can Shocking. show that picture, yeah. I just want to make sure that you know all the keyboard warriors out there know what a candy board, <laughs> keyboard candy warriors. wall is. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so uh, while we track down the candy wall rendering, when do you expect all of this to be completed and ready to go? So. Uh, <laughs> that was a stressful yeah, sigh there. Yeah. The, 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 uh, it is expected that it will be done for uh, Baylor. Wow. Let's go. That's <laughs> September fast. 10th. Okay. We got yeah. to move, people. Okay. We got to so. move. So hey, four you weeks. Made, you made the video board happen last year. That was a stressful project, too. So, no joke. Last year, like, that was very stressful. We left to go to the Arizona game in Vegas. They were still putting steel beams up <laughs> for the scoreboard. But and, guess and what? And I'm on the phone with Newskin yes. going like, I, they tell me it's going to work. They tell me it's going to work. And Newskin says, we've got to have this board working. And uh, It worked and for the Utah game. It did. And there were plenty of points to put up. There, there there's well. plenty of points. Yeah. I'm, I, I am glad it was, it was a night game because like, there was nothing around the outside of it. It's just the frame and then the board. But the board worked. It worked. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, good thing your job's not very stressful. <laughs> yeah, Casey it's super stopper. stressful. Yeah. Casey Stauffer, BYU Assistant Athletic Director, is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we're all excited about the Big 12, the potential revenues that come with that. Yeah. How will that impact your job and uh, some future projects that maybe you can tease us about today <laughs> on BYU Sports Nation? Um, you know, I, anything that would be teased, that all comes through Tom Homo. So, Good uh, answer. We, 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 he asked us to ask you that. No, yeah, yeah. We, we have the best AD in the country. Uh, Tom is very aware of what it takes to, to guide programs uh, and to be successful. I have full support in him and, and his vision. So uh, what I will say is that we are looking uh, specifically on the corporate side yeah. for additional things that can be done. Seating is a big uh, uh, point yeah. of uh, discussion right yep. now. At some point, yeah, and, and uh, from my viewpoint, it's like if you can't expand the press box how can we make this awesome right and in yeah. the future maybe we do who knows yeah thanks for coming on man yeah uh, man. shout out to the springville uh, dry creek state that's right yeah let's go we used to be in the same state oh <laughs> fantastic <laughs> okay coming up who's gonna get that elite voice of the day and we play closest to the pin preseason ap poll edition you ready with your uh, rankings of all the teams that are on BYU schedule i am let's go this is BYU sports station this portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review. All right. Before we finish out this fantastic Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation, we need to play closest to the pin, Jerem, with our preseason Golf. AP top 25 projections. Okay. This will include BYU and... 
any Notre, opponents we think will be in there. Notre Dame, Baylor, four. Arkansas, Oregon. Okay, so we Which will give we you. We don't think anyone. We else will give will be you in five there. rankings for those five teams, obviously BYU included. Okay, Jerem, start us off. And let's, uh, let's go each say, team at the same. Should time. we say BYU for last? Let's say BYU for last. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do Notre Dame. Let's start with Notre Dame. Where do you have Fifth. Notre Dame? Number five. I think they'll be way up there. Yeah. I don't know why, but because of the luck of the Irish, I got lucky seven for okay. Notre Dame. Okay. Okay. Arkansas. Arkansas, 18. Number 18. Sam Pittman's got a good thing going there. I think that people are high on the SEC. They like him as a darling. I've got a little higher, 16. People are high on the SEC. Yes, sweet, <laughs> yeah. sweet 16 for okay. the SEC Arkansas. Okay. Uh, Oregon, uh, 12. Which is wild, right? I, I think Oregon just doesn't. Like, they, blown out twice by Utah. Do they deserve to be ranked in the preseason? Whatever. The pollsters are going to put They're them Oregon. in there. We'll get them in there. I've got them essentially in the middle at 14. Okay. Baylor, I go 10. Ooh, you and I are pretty res- close there. Respect. Yeah, I think they'll be a top 10 team. I have them at number nine. And these are our guesses at what they'll be, not what we think. Yeah, no. Okay, and BYU. BYU, I've been saying it all uh, all offseason, uh, between 21 and 24. 21 is my, I'm going to do 21. I'm going to go a little higher. I think the pollsters will go 19 oh, in man. spite of no Brett. Preseason top 20 19. team. Bjorn deserves it. I don't Bjorn disagree, I don't disagree with you. I just don't think that, deserve 21st. I don't think that the voters will put them in the top 20. So what's going to happen is they'll be 20th. <laughs> or 26th. They'll be right behind us. Right where they, right where the we want them. 26th, Jerem, just outside. Then we'll have a special season. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have a special season. All right, our question of the day, how would a preseason ranking for BYU affect your season expectations? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Bobo underscore Sarah. She answers on Twitter. Preseason polls tend to be very hit or miss. Totally. We know BYU is a veteran team with more depth than people realize. We are already healthier, we, BYU, than BYU has been in the past few years. Not being ranked top 25 won't change my expectations. It doesn't change who the team is. And that's why we think this team's going 9-plus regardless of this. Okay, today's Rise Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Cougars in the NFL. Good luck to everybody, particularly uh, Tyler and Jamal going head-to-head today. That's ah, going to be so much fun to watch. And Zach Wilson. All right, our thanks to today's guests, John Beck and Casey Stoffer. Started, Dennis. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Josh Arnold. And join Greg Rebell on BYU Radio tomorrow night, 6 Eastern, number three BYU women's soccer at number 10 North Carolina. Go Cougs! 22 days.